Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Gwinnett Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Gwinnett Church app where you can have access to all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around here at Gwinnett Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. Most importantly, however, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, good morning. Um, yeah, my name is Reed, and uh, yeah, we are starting a brand new series. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I wanted to start, though, by asking you guys a question. Uh, have, have anyone in here, have you ever gotten lost? Raise your hand. Yeah, this is not, this is not like a shame thing. Like, you loser. No, like, like, have you ever gotten lost, right? Like, uh, especially anybody who grew up before smartphones were, like, given to children at birth. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I know, they come out of the womb now, and they're like, here's your little hat, and here's your smartphone. And you're like, oh. So, um, but, but if you grew up before smartphones, um, you definitely have experienced this. Um, or maybe if you just were a child growing up and you went to the store with your mom, you've experienced this, right? Like, I can remember one of the first first times um, being lost was like in a department store in an Upton's shout out to Upton's. Um, and so it's a department store, right? And so, you know, you, you get in the clothing rack and you lift your feet up so they can't see under and then, and then you end up lost. And then they do the intercom thing where they're like, read more. Could you please come to the front? And you're like, oh. so, um, but, but I was thinking about this, you know, maybe, maybe you've had this experience of getting lost before, we had this experience recently uh, in my family. Uh, we, we actually, we got lost, like physically lost. Um, um, a friend of ours here at the church uh, told us about some hiking trails. Morgan and I were looking for something to do with our kids uh, that was like outside, get them out of the house, get my son away from the Nintendo Switch. And so we were like, let's get out. We're gonna go outside. And, um, and so, you know, like, we're, we're like, what are we going to go do? We've gone to this one park like so many times. Like, we need something different. And so a friend of ours told us about these hiking trails. And we we're like, oh, we're going to go check out some of these trails. And so we're going to take the family out hiking. And we had heard, hey, if you just go a little bit off of the trail, like just, just a little ways off of the trail, you can go. And there's like the, there's like this, you, you can go down to where the Chattahoochee River is. And whenever we go down there, there's all kinds of deer. And I'm like, oh yeah, my kids love deer. And so like, we're like, we're going to go do that. Like, let's go, let's go check it out. And so we go and we go a little bit off of the trail and we walk for a little ways and sure enough, we make it down to the river. We're walking down there and like there are actually tons of deer. It was wild. And so we're seeing all this and we're walking and we're following, you know, down, down the river a little ways. And uh, we decide, okay, it's kind of getting late and we probably need to be heading back. And so we start to make our way back in the direction that we thought was the trail and we're walking and we're walking and we're like, you know, when you've walked like longer, like on your way back, than you walked there, you're like, something's wrong. You know what I mean? Like, and so now we're like, we've been walking for a long time. I, I don't know where this trail is. And my wife is doing the thing where she was like, you said we we're going to be adventurous and you knew what we were doing. And I was like, well, you said you never get lost, you know? And so we're like having that conversation. And, um, and so like, we're, we're like literally like, we're just wandering around. And, um, and so we're kind of having the, the discussion and my wife is trying to pull up on Google Maps, but we're like, we're like apparently far enough in the woods right now where we're not getting any cell service. So she's like, <laughs> and we look over and I notice my daughter, uh, she is, she's gathering acorns in her shirt. And I said, uh, what are you doing? She goes, this is just in case we don't make it out. And I was like, oh, okay. 
Okay, yeah. We're going to snag on acorns in the woods, right? I was like, we're, we're fine. I'm going to get us out of this. And so uh, eventually uh, what happened was we ended up seeing uh, this couple uh, with sticks. You know, the, the people with hiking sticks, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, if you see those people, just follow them to freedom. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they know what they're doing. So they're out there like walk skiing. I said, okay, yeah, y'all are gonna get us out. And so they showed us the way back, but it's a terrible feeling, feeling lost, right? And I mentioned that this morning, right? Uh, not, not just to confess that I'm directionally challenged, but uh, I mentioned that this morning to ask you the question, maybe you've never been lost, but have you ever felt lost? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, 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 like you find yourself in a season of life or something has changed in your world or you're stepping into something new and you find yourself feeling a little bit lost and you're asking questions like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Or what's, what, is there a plan? Am I on the right track? Like, like, is there meaning and purpose? Like, is my life counting for something? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Or is there something else? Like, why am I here? You ever find yourself in those positions and asking those questions? Have you ever asked those questions? Of course you have, right? We start asking those questions at an early age. As a matter of fact, I was driving just the other day uh, with my kids in the car and we were listening to some Justin Bieber. And uh, not just because my kids like it, I like Justin Bieber. And so, uh, yeah, I was jamming to some Justin Bieber and I like him because he's better than Coco Melon. And so um, everybody laughing is like, oh, you've had to endure the Coco Melon. And so wheels on the bus can only go round and round so long before I'm like, Bieber. And so I was listening to some Justin Bieber with my kids and the song that was on, there was this lyric. And he says, he says in the song, he says, I've had everything in life that people strive for just to ask the question, what are we alive for? And he goes, and he goes on to say, you know, what's, what's the meaning? What are we here for? What would you die for? You know, like, and he's asking these, like, these deep questions that we're talking about. And, uh, and as we're driving, right, that song's going and it's, it's just playing and I'm, I'm listening, but I'm also sort of like just trying to keep my two-year-old from dumping his whole thing of goldfish to becoming crumbs in my seat, you know? And so I'm like sort of listening, but my daughter, she pipes up, she's eight. She goes, I think about that sometimes, dad. I go, think about what? I was like, what? What are you talking about? She goes, that thing that Justin Bieber just said. And I was like, I don't know what he said, but it better have been appropriate. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what do you think about? You know what I mean? And uh, I, said, I said, what do you, what do you think about? She said, uh, she goes, I think about that. Like, what are we alive for? And I was like, what? I'm like, you think about that? She's like, yeah, I think about that sometimes. Like, what am I here for? And I was like, you're eight. My son who's six was like, I know what I'm here for. I said, what's that? He's like, I'm going to be a scientist and I'm going to make grilled cheese flavored toothpaste. And I was like, all right. Great conversation. You know, gone. Can't get it back. But here's my eight-year-old and she's wrestling with these questions, right? So it doesn't matter how young or old, right? Like we all ask these questions about our purpose, about meaning, about why we're here, right? We, we ask these questions. We ask it from time to time. Uh, we ask it maybe not all the time, but you find yourself in seasons and you ask this question, right? Like, why am I here? What's the point? Am I on the right track, right? For, for a lot of us, we asked this question when, when we were graduating from high school and we were heading to college or career and we're trying to decide what's the right step and what's the right school. And this one's gonna cost so much money and this other one's gonna save me so much money, but I really wanna go to the other one, you know? And, and, and so we're asking the question. 
and we're wrestling with it. We're, we're, we're asking, what, what am I supposed to do? Am I on the right track? You ask it there. We ask the question when we're graduating from college and we're heading into the adult world and now all the bills are gonna have our name on it and we're going, all right, I wanna make sure I'm making the right choice. Is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this where I'm supposed to go? Am I supposed to take the job over here or am I supposed to take the job that's, that's across the country? And you ask the question, all right, what am I supposed to do? What am I, what am I here for? What's my purpose? You ask this question, I'm learning this now. You ask this question when you're in your 30s and your 40s and now all of a sudden you're, you're doing the thing that you had planned on doing in your 20s, but you still feel this restlessness. And you're asking yourself, you're like, is this it? I thought this was gonna be it, but I still feel like, a, like I still feel a little unfulfilled. I still feel like there, there's gotta be more. Is this it or did I miss something? And so you find yourself asking these questions about purpose and meaning and what was I made for and am I doing it? You ask this question when, when the kids leave the house. And now I'm not talking to like go to a friend's, but when they leave the house for like the last time. And now this role that you played for so much of your life that occupied so much time and that you derived so much meaning from, now that role has shifted and changed. And you begin to ask yourself, well, what am I here for now? What's the purpose now? You ask this question when, when your career, when your career comes to an end and you retire and now you're asking yourself, well, what do I do? What's my meaning? I've spent so much time and derived so much purpose from this career that I built up over all these years and now it's not there. And so now what's the meaning? What's the purpose? What am I supposed to do with these years? Is there a plan? Is there a purpose? Am I on the right track? Is it okay for me to play golf five days a week until I ride off into the sunset and Jesus takes me home? You know what I mean? You ask that question. You ask that question in seasons of life where, where life just happens and it disrupts the plans that you thought you had. Like when, when, when you lose that job that you thought you'd do for forever and then your company gets bought and then they downsize and you're a part of it. You ask that question when, when your health fades or fails and you can't do the thing that you used to do and that used to give you so much pleasure, that you had so much passion about, that you used to be able to do and you derived so much purpose from, and now you can't do that thing anymore because your body won't let you. And you find yourself asking, what am I supposed to do? What am I here for? What's the purpose? Is there a plan? Right, we all ask this question, you guys. Why am I here? What am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? What's the purpose of my life. It is a deep-seated human question, right? We all ask it. We all want to know the answer to that. And sometimes we feel like we've got it, and then things change, and, and we find ourselves asking the question again, this, this question about purpose, right? It's a really, really big deal that all of us are going to be talking about and asking throughout our lives, right? As a matter of fact, Mark Twain, the, uh, the famous American author, he, he said, the two most important days in a person's life are the day that they're born and the day they find out why. And Mark Twain, he was clued into the fact that we all have this deep-seated need for meaning and purpose. And we're all looking for it. 
And there is so much power and potential in discovering your purpose and why you're here, which is why I'm excited, you guys, for this series that we're gonna be doing for the next three weeks because this series is all about purpose. We're calling this series Made for This. And in this series, what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be having the conversation around what it is. What were you made for? Why are we here? What should we be doing? And what's the point of it all? That's what we're gonna be talking about. And in order to guide our conversation together, what we're going to do is, is we're going to be digging into, uh, for the next three weeks, the book of Colossians. And so it's a, it's a book in New Testament um, of, of your Bibles, and it's not, we call it a book. It's really a letter, but we're going to dig into this letter. And for the next three weeks, we're going to camp out there, and I'm going to teach three Sundays out of the book of Colossians. But this is going to be uh, the fun part about this series, and one of the reasons why I'm so excited is this is going to be a group project, right? And when I say group project, I mean, I'm going to teach for the next three weeks out of Colossians, but also um, we would love for you to journey along with us. And so we've created uh, a devotional and it's 21 days. So it goes the span of uh, the series and it's going to take you all the way through Colossians. So if you started today and you follow along with us, uh, reading the little sections that we've like marked out for you, uh, then you will have gone through the entire book of Colossians. You will have read a whole book of the Bible. You know what I mean? Like so spiritual, right? That'd be amazing. And so you, you, you could actually follow along with us. We want to invite you to follow along with us to reading the book of Colossians um, as we journey through. And it, it, it's, it's my hope, you guys, that as you journey with us, that you learn more about God, that you learn more about yourself, that you learn more about life with God, whether you're a Christian or not, right? It's my hope that you would join in with it because there's so much in the book of Colossians uh, about, about life and about growth and about maturity and about growing to know God and his plans for your life. And so I hope that you'll at least check it out. And, and I think we've made it just, just uh, accessible enough that, that it's not gonna feel too overwhelming for you, to, for you to join in and just read this. Maybe it's in the morning when you first get up or in the evening before you go to bed, you can just take a few moments to read and to join along. But that's what we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be journeying together through the book of Colossians and we're gonna be talking about purpose because as you'll see through the book of Colossians, Paul's gonna talk about a lot of different things in this letter. But one of the main themes that you're gonna see throughout is this idea of purpose and what it is we were made for. And so we're gonna jump in today, you guys. We're gonna jump into... Uh, Colossians, and we're going to be in chapter one, and um, because that's the first one, and so it's a great place to start. And so we're going to be in Colossians one, and I'm just going to start. We're just going to jump in, and, and I'm going to start in verse one. And the reason why I want I want you to see this introduction because it sets the scene for the rest of the conversation that we're going to have. And in this, Paul's going to uh, he's going to tell us that hey, I'm the one writing it, and he's going to tell us who he's writing to, and we're going to get kind of just a, a lay of the land. And so this is this is how uh, the the letter to the Colossians starts. It says it says Paul. An apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, 
the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our Father. So uh, as, as we're starting off this study together, right? Like um, Paul begins the letter as he often does with an introduction. He wants whoever's reading this to know who's, who's written it and who it's intended for. And so he starts with an introduction and he says, okay, hey, it's me, Paul here. And so if, if, if you're taking notes or you're curious about this, the book of Colossians, it's written by a guy named Paul. Paul, right? And, and Paul, if you're not familiar with, with Paul and who he is, or if, you, you know, if you're new around our church, um, Paul was a first century Jewish religious leader uh, that had a life-changing experience with Jesus. And this life-changing experience, you can read about it in Acts chapter nine. And in this, he has this life-changing experience uh, with Jesus that then propels him to become one of history's greatest uh, thinkers, Christian thinkers, thinkers, writers, and church planners, right? He becomes a missionary and he goes all over the world and, and begins uh, to share this message of Jesus and of a resurrected Jesus. And so uh, he would often go and he would start churches and then he would write letters back to them because he would only stay for a little bit because he was like, all right, places to go, people to see, churches to plant. And so he would go and he would write back to them just to kind of check in with them. Uh, the interesting thing about Colossians is that it's not one of those. The book of Colossians is actually a church that Paul did not start. Paul is actually sitting in jail right now. This is somewhere, uh, not right now, this second, he's dead. He's been dead for a long time. And so um, that was confusing. But as he's writing this letter, Paul is sitting in jail somewhere between 60 and 62 AD is what most people, uh, most, most scholars believe. He's sitting in a Roman jail and he was arrested for preaching about the resurrection of Jesus and the deity of Jesus and inviting people to put their faith in him. And the Roman government did not like that because they thought uh, they wanted to perpetuate the idea that only Caesar was Lord. And Paul is preaching a message that no, in fact, Jesus is Lord. And so he was arrested, he was put into jail and uh, while he's in jail, uh, a friend of his who actually started this church in Colossae, you can read about him uh, a little bit later, a couple verses later, his name is Epaphras. So if you're looking for baby names, um, and so, yeah, somebody did, good on you. So, um, so Epaphras, if there's an Epaphras in the room too, by the way, let's meet afterwards. So, um, so Paul and his friend Timothy are in this jail and their friend Epaphras is actually the guy uh, who started uh, the church and Epaphras is visiting uh, Paul and Timothy and, uh, and, and so he's visiting them, bringing probably uh, some, some letters, some notes of encouragement, um, maybe some money and maybe some food. He's bringing that to Paul and he's updating them on this church that he started. Somewhere along the way, it's believed that Epaphras crossed paths with Paul. He put his faith in Jesus. And then he took that message back to his hometown, started telling people. And now all of a sudden he's got a church on his hands. Uh, and so uh, here he is. And he's basically meeting with Paul and he's asking Paul, Hey, Paul, will you send them some encouragement? Will you send them some love? Will, will you give them some instruction? And so Paul and Timothy, that's who they're writing to. That's who this letter is to. It's God's holy people in Colossae, right? It's this group, this new young budding church that is started up in Colossae that Paul has not had a chance to go and visit and that he will not be able to go and visit because he is in jail and he's writing to them. He's writing them to them to encourage them, to instruct them, to correct some false teaching, which kind of crept in because there was all different opinions about who Jesus was and what it looked like to follow him. And so he's wanting to correct some things where they've gotten a little bit off and he's wanting to help them 
to grow and to mature in their relationship with God. And so that's, that's the scene that we're stepping into. That's, you know, Paul writing, his friend Timothy is there, probably Paul's dictating and Timothy's writing. And they're writing to this new church that they haven't been to, but they've heard about. And they're wanting to encourage and instruct them. And, and Paul's gonna give them, if you keep reading, if you were to read along in, in the devotional, you'll see that Paul gives them some encouragement uh, right off the bat. He's like, man, we heard about you, your faith, it's amazing. Like, go team, right? Like, and so he's, he's encouraging them. And then after some, some brief encouragement, he's gonna lay out for them his hopes for them and his purpose in writing this letter to them. And I want you to see it because it's gonna set the scene and it's gonna set the stage for where we're gonna go in the next three weeks. And so this is what he says. He says, for this reason, meaning what he said right before that was, you guys are doing a really, really great job and I've heard about your faith and it's amazing. And so he says, for this reason, since the day that we heard about you, he says, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. That's some like, that's some high church language, y'all. That's some, that's some like flowery language. That's some beautiful stuff that he's saying, right? Paul was probably one of those people. Uh, every small group has some of these people, uh, which are the, uh, we call them the DPs, which is the designated prayer. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the, uh, I am permanently the DP for my family uh, at all family events. They're like, pastor, you gonna pray for us? You know what I mean? And so uh, every small group has a DP and it's usually the person that like, that they're like the best prayer. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Like they're the ones that like, they're like, and Lord, would you rain down the heavens and sanctify us with the fire of your love? And you're like, okay, all right. And not gonna pray after them. You know what I mean? Like, because my prayers are like, God help Stephen land, you know, like, and so you're like, what? Paul uses some like high church, like some, like some powerful, amazing, beautiful language. And sometimes it's easy to get lost in it, right? Sometimes you read some of the stuff that he wrote and you're like, that's, that's beautiful. I don't know what he's saying but it sounded awesome. And I don't want you to lose though, like the point of what Paul's saying in this really powerful, beautiful flowery language that he uses. He's talking about kingdom and the inheritance and the kingdom of light and all this stuff. I don't want you to lose what Paul is saying to this group of people. And so Paul's saying, look, you, I've heard about your faith and you're growing and that's amazing. And so he says, look, for this reason, he says, since the day that we, being him and Timothy, he's like, since the day we heard about you, he says, we haven't stopped praying for you and we're continually asking. He says, we want God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. He says, we want you to know God's will. We want you to know what God is up to. We want you to know God's plans and his purposes in the world and in your life. He goes, you know what my prayer and my hope is for you? That you would know why God put you here, right? This God's will, this is the, 
This is the why. We want you to know why you're here, why God put you on this earth. We want you to know his will, his plans and his purposes for your life. We want you to know why you're here. And he says, the reason why we want you to know why is so that, right? He says, so that you may live. And that word live, the the literal translation in the Greek is to walk. So that you might walk, right? He says that you might walk through life, that you might walk into your career, that you might walk into your relationships, that you might walk into your marriage, that you might walk into your decisions, that you might walk. I want you to know why you're here. I want you to know God's plans and his purposes so that you would, so that you would be able to live, to walk through life. He says, worthy of the Lord. And that idea of worthy, it's not this idea of living up to God's standards. When he says that you would live a life worthy of the Lord, he's not like, yeah, I hope you know God's will so that you're good enough for him, right? That's not, that's not what he's saying. When he says, I want you to know God's will, I want you to know why you're here so that you could live a life worthy of the Lord. He's going so that you would live and walk through life in a way that you do and become all that God created you to do and become. That's what he's saying, which is why he's gonna talk about producing fruit, bearing fruit, actually your life being transformed more and more into the image of Jesus. So he's gonna say, hey, my hope and my prayer for you in writing this letter, the reason why I'm writing this to you, I want you, I want you to know God's will. That's what I'm praying for you all the time. I want you to know why you're here, why God put you here. I want you to know his plans and his purposes so that you can live a life that's worth it, that's full of meaning. He goes, I want you to know your why because your why is going to impact your walk. And I want you to walk through life, not aimless, but with direction, with intentionality, with purpose and meaning. He's like, I want you to know your why so that you can live and you can walk through this life and you can ultimately do and become all that God created you to do and become. And when I hear that, I go, I want that. Don't you? Like, don't you want that? To have a life where you know why you're here, to know the plans and purposes that God has for you, and then to actually be able to live into them? Don't you want that kind of life where you do and become all that God created you to do and become? And if you're not a Christian in the room and you're like, I don't know where I'm at with this whole God thing, listen, just think for a second. If there is a God, If there is a God and he's got a will for your life and a plan and a purpose for your life, wouldn't you wanna know it though? Wouldn't you wanna know what you were put here for? Wouldn't you wanna do and become all that you were created to do and become? And Paul says, that's what I want for you. That's what I want for you. And that's what I'm praying that God would do for you continually. And now he's he's gonna keep going And he's going to begin to answer the question of why we're here. But I just want to warn you, the way that he begins to answer it seems like he's switched subjects. So we're going to read the next thing and you're going to be like, what? Because, right, we're all now, we're like, all right, tell me, why am I here, Paul? Tell me God's will for my life. And then what Paul's about to do in Colossians 1 is he's teased it up. He's gone, hey, here we go. Like, I want you to know why you're here so that you can do and become all that God created you to do and become. And then he's about to start talking to us about who is Jesus. And you're like, well, I, was, I thought I was here for why are we here? 
And he's like, yeah, 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 but I just gotta start with who is Jesus. And, and he's gonna show us here in a moment why those two questions of why am I here and who is Jesus, why those are actually intimately connected, but he's gotta start with this one. And so he says, I want you to know why you're here. I want you to live a life that's worthy of the Lord. I want you to do and become all that God created you to do and become. And so he says, so here's what I wanna talk to you about. He says, the sun is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn, God bless you, um, over all creation. And so Paul said, I want you to know why you're here and I want you to do and become all that God created you to do and become. He's like, but before I can tell you what you're here to do, I gotta tell you about who Jesus is. He's like, before I can tell you what you were made to do, I gotta tell you for a moment about the one that made you. And so he starts and he says, let me tell you about Jesus. There was all different kinds of thoughts and opinions about Jesus at the time that Paul was writing this. And so he's writing this to clear up the picture. He's like, I need you to know who Jesus is because it's gonna clue you into to why you're here. And there was all these thoughts and opinions about Jesus as there are today. There were thoughts and opinions that Jesus was, that he was just a good teacher, that he was just a popular rabbi, maybe that he was a prophet. Some people thought he was like a souped up angel or like a demigod, like Hercules or Maui. And so, um, and so there was these ideas floating around that that's what Jesus was or who Jesus was. And Paul says, no, 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 I gotta, let me clear up the picture and tell you who Jesus is. And it's gonna clue you in to what it is that you were created to do, why you're here. He says, so let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus is the son. He's the son of God made of the same substance of God. He shares God DNA. He is God, right? We believe in a, a Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Don't ask me to explain it. I don't know, I'm still learning. And so he's the Son. He says he's also the image of the invisible God. So not only is Jesus the same substance of God, but Paul says he's actually like, if you wanna know what God is like, you just look at Jesus. He's God in a bot, you know what I mean? Like some of you are gonna think about that later. God in a bod, that Jesus, what a guy. And so he's the, Paul says, if you wanna know what God is like, if you wanna know what God thinks about any certain number of things, you wanna know what God thinks about sin, you wanna know what he thinks about repentance, acceptance, forgiveness, you wanna know what God thinks about how you should live and act, how you should treat one another, you wanna know what God thinks about people inside and outside the church, you wanna know what God thinks, look at Jesus. You wanna know what God thinks about you, how he feels towards you, how he wants to relate to you and with you? He goes, just look at Jesus, he's the image of the invisible God. If you look at Jesus, you'll catch a glimpse of what God is like. And then he says, he's the firstborn over creation. And that makes it seem like, like when you hear firstborn, we tend to think of like birth order and like how many kids you have. And then, you're, then you read that and you're like, Jesus was the firstborn, but were there others? Like who was his brother? Was it Brian Christ? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, no, no, no. Like, that's not what he's saying. He's not talking about like Jesus having brothers or a family or anything like that. What he's talking about when he says firstborn, right? That word, that word firstborn, right? It, it connotates heir, like he's the heir, right? So for, for, for their context, right? A firstborn son was the one who inherited everything. So they're the one who receives the inheritance, they're the heir. And so he's like, look, 
Jesus is the son of God. He's the image. He is exactly like the exact image of God. He's the firstborn. Everything belongs to him. Everything in all of creation belongs to him. He's a really, really big deal. The reason why Paul's writing, he's, he's wanting you to hear, hey, he's more than just a good teacher. He's more than just a prophet. He's more than your guru. He's, he's, he's more than, uh, than a revolutionary. He's more than a demigod. He's, he's more than Maui, right? He's, he's more than, than all of that. Keeps going. This is where we're gonna see where who Jesus is ties into why we're here. And so he says, he keeps going with Jesus. He says, for in him, all things were created. Everything was made in Christ. And then he says, things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through and for him. He's before all things. And in him, all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. He's the point. Paul's saying, hey, I want you to know why you're here. I want you to know God's will. I want you to know his plans and his purposes. I want you to know those things. I want you to know that so that you can live a life that's worthy, so you can do and be all that God created you to do and be. But the key to that is knowing who Jesus is. And the reason why is he says, he says the reason why the key to knowing why you're here is knowing who he is. He says, it's because all things have been created through or other, other versions translate that by and for he says, the reason why you gotta know who Jesus is to discover what you are here for is, he says, all things have been created by and for Jesus. Do you know what's included in all things? You and me. We're a part of all things. And so Paul is telling us who Jesus is as he's wanting us to discover why we're here he says, and the reason why you gotta know who Jesus is is because knowing who he is is gonna clue you in to why you're here because all things you included, that means you were created by and for Jesus. You wanna know your purpose? Your purpose in life, your primary purpose in life is, is, is right here in this verse. You were created by and for Jesus. And when he says that, when he says you were created by Jesus, that's really, really good news. Cause you know what that means is that you're not an accident and you're not an afterthought. You're not an accident or an afterthought. You're not the result of your parents having a vacation in Cabo. You're not, you're not, you're not a, 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 a here by chance or happenstance. You're not mistake. You're not unplanned. Your parents might not have been planning on you, but your heavenly father was. And so Paul says, look, I gotta tell you who Jesus is. All things were created by him, meaning with purpose. And so he says, you, you were created by Jesus. You were created on purpose because he doesn't do things by accident. So he says, the clue to why you're here is, is right here in Jesus. He goes, you were created by Jesus on purpose. And then, 
Not only were you created on purpose, but you were created with purpose. He says you were created by Jesus for Jesus. And when he says for Jesus, he's not saying like that, that, like the idea there is not that he created you to do things for him, right? He's saying, no, no, no. He created you for him as in to walk in relationship with him, right? And, and this makes sense when you think about it from the lens of a parent, right? Parents in the room, when you decided to have kids or to adopt kids, you know this, when you decided to have kids or adopt kids, you didn't have or adopt children because you needed someone to do your chores, right? You weren't like, who's gonna do these dishes? Let's make a baby. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what happened. That's not how the, right? If that is how the conversation goes, I need to see you after service. And so, um, and so you, didn't, you didn't create Children, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't decide to have kids, right? Just to, just to have somebody to do the chores. You didn't, you didn't have those kids because you were like, well, we got an extra room in the house and we need somebody to fill it. You didn't have your children or adopt your children because you just had so much free time on your hands and you needed to drive somebody to soccer practice. That's not why you had them. No, why did you have those kids? You had them for them because you wanted to know them and you wanted them to know you. You wanted to love them and you wanted them to love you. You wanted a relationship. You didn't create them to do stuff. You created them for a family, first and foremost. So regardless of what your kids do, they still have purpose in your family, in relationship. And Paul's going, that's the same thing as your heavenly father. He created you on purpose. He thought about it. You're not an accident. And he created you, right? Not just, you weren't just created by him, but you were created for him. He wants a relationship with you. The apostle Paul is telling us something so profound when it comes to this question of purpose and why am I here He's cluing us into something so amazing. And, and, and I want you to get it this morning. He's telling us this morning that the primary reason you're here, your primary purpose on this earth, it's not a what, it's a who. Your primary purpose on this earth is not a what, as in like, what am I gonna do? What job am I gonna have? What relationships am I gonna be in? Like, like where am I gonna go in life? Am I supposed to go here or go there, right? Your primary purpose in life is not a what, it's a who. And his name is Jesus, the one by whom and for whom you were created. Your primary purpose in life is to know the one who created you. It's to know Jesus and to walk in relationship with him. You wanna know why you're here? to know the one that made you. And as you walk in relationship with him, then you can begin to discern what it is that you're meant to do. And then you can grow to know where it is that you're supposed to go. But Paul's saying, look, don't get it twisted and don't get it out of order. The reason why I gotta tell you who Jesus is before I can tell you what you're supposed to do is because he's the point. He's who you were created for. And your primary purpose in life is not a what, it's a who. And I know what a lot of you are thinking. You're like, well, Reed, that's a spiritual answer. And I don't want a spiritual answer. I want you to tell me if I'm in the right job, right? Like, am I doing the right job? Like, Reed, that's a spiritual answer. But what I really want to know is, am I supposed to marry them? Or is the one like still coming? And I'm like, settle. I don't want to settle. You know what I mean? Like, that's 
What, what a lot of you want to know is, all right, like now that my kids are out of the house, what am I supposed to do with this time? And what is my new role? What's my new purpose? Now that I'm retired, what am I supposed to do with this extra time? Like, read, that's what I really want to know. And now you're hitting me with the spiritual mumbo jumbo about knowing Jesus and walking in relationship with him. What are you talking about? And I get that. I get that because when we talk about purpose, it's easy for us to immediately go to vocation and location. But Paul says, look, if you wanna know what to do and where to go, it starts with knowing the one who made you. That is your primary purpose. There is no what that you will ever do in this life. There is no what that will ever fully and finally answer the question of why you're here. You can look and you can keep looking and you can keep looking and every what that you put your hands to and every season that you walk into, it has the potential to change and end, which is why no what will ever fully and finally satisfy your why and answer that deep seated question as to why you are here. If you wanna know what you were made for, you gotta know the one who made you. And that's what the apostle Paul is saying. He goes, I want you to know it. I want you to know what you're here for. I want you to know God's plans. I want you to know his will for your life. I want you to know it, but it starts with knowing Jesus. He's the one that made you and he's the one that will lead you into the things that you're supposed to do. It starts with a who, not a what. And the what is important. And we're gonna talk about the what. Don't miss next week. We're gonna talk about our passions, how to find what it is we're supposed to do and how to do those things in a way that that actually lives into our full potential. We're gonna talk about that stuff. It's important. But Paul says the most important thing that you were created for. The thing that clues in and leads all other things and tells you the what's that you need to be doing in every season of life. He says, it's knowing the one that made you. I'm telling you, it's so freeing and fulfilling when you get that, you guys, because otherwise you're gonna go through life jumping from what to what to what, and the season's gonna end and the things are gonna change and you're gonna feel purposeless again. And so rather than living your life trying to extract purpose from whatever it is that you're doing, no, if you get this and you walk in relationship then, with God, then what happens is you carry purpose now into everything that you do. Every season that might change, every decade that you walk into, every new transition, you now have purpose because in every single thing and every what you put your hand to, you can live out your purpose because in every single what, you can grow to know and walk with Jesus and become more like him. So it's really, really freeing. And it takes the pressure off of what you're doing to try to fill that void. So Paul says, that's what you're here for. Your primary purpose in life is a who, not a what. And his name is Jesus. And when you know the one that made you, you can begin to discover the things he made you to do. And so that's what I want for you. That's what the apostle Paul wants for us. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for myself. So what do we do with that this week? I'm going to wrap it up here. What do we do with that this week? We begin to walk in our relationship with Jesus. And for some of you, here's what I know that that means. For some of you, you need to begin a relationship with Jesus. For some of you, this Sunday is the first day that that anybody told you that you were made by and for God, that God made you on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose, and that he's invited you into a relationship by God's grace, by Jesus's sacrifice. He's invited you into a relationship with him. And so I, y'all, I hope you can hear me say this in the least like pushy way, in the least like emotionally like manipulating way, I just want to invite some of you to put your trust in Jesus. And so I just wanted us to take a moment and there are some of you and you have never stepped into a relationship with Jesus and you've been looking and wondering why you're here and it starts right there with a relationship with him. So I just wanted to take a moment, just bow our heads and give some of you the opportunity to do that. 
So if you're here this morning, the only reason we're bowing our heads is just to give privacy for the moment because it can be intimidating. But if you're here this morning and you would say, hey, I would like to begin a relationship with Jesus. I would like to put my trust in Jesus. I would like to begin walking with him and trusting in him. If that's you today and you wanna put your trust in Jesus and to begin a relationship with God by his grace, would you just raise your hand wherever you're at? Just raise your hand. Yeah, this is incredible. Yes. If you've got your hand up right now, I would love to just lead you in a simple prayer. The prayer does not save you. Jesus saves you. And it's your trust in him that the relationship begins. The prayer just marks the moment. And so I'd love to pray with you. If you've got your hand up, if you just pray this prayer, you can pray it right there where you're at. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that in him, I have forgiveness, I have life, and I have purpose. Help me to walk with Jesus in a way that's worthy. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.